F1 Boy, those guys sound about as excited as I am to be back, Dad. How about you? <laughs> I'm dripping with excitement. Dripping so with excited. excitement after that mm-hmm. four-week break. But we're back with a race preview episode. I'm Andy Lewis, joined via the telephone by Papa T-Sauce, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Tim Lewis. How you doing, Dad? Doing really good. Doing good. Doing really good. So we got the good weather coming. To talk about. Yeah. For a preview mm-hmm. episode. So this might be a little bit longer than uh, other race previews, but that's to be expected as this is the Azerbaijan preview and we'll call it sprint post-race show. So let's get let's let's bring up the the hot button issues that we need to just to uh, talk about. A, why did we just have a four week break between the first three races and the fourth race? And the new sprint format, because I'm dying to hear you and I haven't even haven't even prepped. I don't know what you're going to say, but I want to know what you thought of the new sprint format that we're going to see five more times this year. So mm-hmm. the 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 reason for the four week break, I don't know if you knew this. or I mean, I, I you should know. We all should know it was because China canceled they canceled the chinese grand prix they were bringing back the chinese grand prix this year and it canceled and so there would have been we would have had two weeks between australia and then we would have had chinese grand prix and then with two weeks we would have been here in azerbaijan but we just had a four-week break instead so that's the reason for the long break we covered that now i do want to hear what did you think of the new sprint format before we start talking about everything and results i don't like it i don't like the elaborate having free well free practice one and then you where you usually had free practice one free practice two free practice three before you went to qualify you went from free practice one after a four-week break i.e. need more time running the car to see what upgrades are really doing, mm-hmm. and then qualifying immediately after that. And that's qualifying for the actual race on Sunday because we had to have the sprint shootout, a.k.a. qualifying for the sprint, followed by the 17-lap sprint race. Um so what don't you like? Because I was talking, I, was, I, I went on a bike ride with Matty O'Patty yesterday, and we were talking about this too. And I'm going to pose you the same question that I posed him as an F1 fan. When is more F1 a bad thing? Because all well, I saw is two different qualifyings and a 17-lap race. All before we get to the main Grand Prix tomorrow. Because I'm a fan. I'm also, I am a fan that pole position now actually still means pole position. I think I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that change and that pole position needed to, like it was so weird that I think it happened to Botas one of the times where he got pole but then fell back in the sprint and... 
lost. Yeah, I'm not. Ha- I'm not having a problem that wasn't with that. in the first place. I think that's a great fix. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with the the, the having the sprint race. I wish they just had three qualified sessions, like usual. Then the sprint race. The, the sprint race. And you th- and you wish that the sprint race still dictated the grid for the Grand no. Prix, or you like that they no. changed that? I like I liked it that they changed it, but I think with only adding about thirty minutes to the qualifying time time frame, once they just have Q one, Q two, Q three like usual so it has more consistency of how people work the bugs out going toward and their strategy for a three qualification but wouldn't you rather watch a qualifying session even though it's called a sprint shootout over a free practice session yeah so then I'm struggling to see why you don't like it because you're saying you you like the idea of all of these things, but when in practice you don't like them. No, free practice. I mean, there's a couple ways you could look at it: have a free practice one, uh-huh. and then have then have Q1, Q2, Q3. Okay. Or that's what have. They did. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, they had free practice, and then they had qualifying. And then they had sprint qualifying, and then the sprint, and then now we're going to have the race tomorrow. Okay, I'm screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) So what don't you like? You you just miss the free practice, or... Well, I don't miss... You know what? I take everything back. Never mind. Yeah, you and me too. Because this is what I'm going to say is, like I said, I think if you – I think as traditionalists and I think what a lot of people are not liking is that they're just changing Formula One, that they're trying to do something new and trying to gain or like like keep the huge growth of fandom that they've experienced specifically here in the States – and, you know, when you have a bunch of new fans who aren't really invested in the sport wholly, they're just, they're like checking it out from Drive to Survive and stuff, they are looking for more action. And, like, let's be realistic. How many practice sessions did you watch? Do you often watch free practice sessions? No. Because I didn't. I would I would occasionally tune in if I really had nothing better to do. But, I mean, we both have a podcast about Formula One, and we didn't even watch free practice sessions. So I think it's a good idea to take away and give – take away some of those practice sessions and give us more actual F1 because – when you, I mean, as much as you can say, well, the sprint doesn't matter as much as the Grand Prix, and I think that's true, but you still have a chance to gain points. You're still gaining data around the car, and you get to see the cars driven at actual, in anger and actual quality pace different times. And yeah. 
So I think when you when you boil it down and say when is more F one bad, it, any true F one fan should say never give me more F one, and that's exactly what these sprint weekends give us. And I think I would be less keen on it if it was something that was adopted every at every Grand Prix because I don't think that that's going to work. Like I wouldn't want to see a sprint race at Monaco, for example, um, or the Red Bull ring or something like that. Cause, right. but, um, I don't know. I, I think I, I like that they're trying. I don't think that this is the final thing, but I do like that. I mean, this sport has to evolve with the fandom. And if, if old stick in the muds don't like it, stop watching because they're gaining way more fans than they are clinging on to old ones. And I think, mm-hmm. I think, you know, clinging on to old ones and clinging on to, to tradition was Bernie, was the way Bernie saw F1. Mm-hmm. And Liberty saw a better, uh, has a different plan. I think the only thing that I'm anxious about or caution against, and I saw, I think it was, I saw a clip on TikTok of Eddie Jordan talking about this on a podcast where he said, I'm we're, I'm worried that they're trying to manufacture too much action though. And it cheapens the actual action that just is F1. And I think we've come dangerously close to that in a couple of occasions. You know, Abu Dhabi 2021. And I think the ending of Australia. Like we've taught we've touched on all that multiple times, so I don't want to like really get into it. But I don't think create like I just want to be careful that we're not manufacturing action too frequently. But I think adding action and creating more opportunities to see drivers drive wheel to wheel or drive at pace is always going to be a good thing in my eyes. So I'm a fan. I'm glad that pole means something again and it doesn't get stripped away if you get a puncture or lose something in the sprint. I think it is a little weird that like the sprint qualifying and sprint race don't really, it doesn't seem to fit in the greater weekend, but like I said, as long as it's 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 infrequent, I think Mark Hughes was talking about this on the race, and I really agreed with him. I like the idea of new trying new things, not everywhere, not all the time, but it is, it does give us six extra little things to look forward to. I think throughout the year, yeah, um, that's true. And I really, I actually didn't think that I would. I really liked the sprint qualifying, and I liked how they had to use medium tires for the for for Q1 and Q2 and they had to use softs for Q3 and I don't know if you noticed this but Norris was not able to participate in SQ3 sprint qualifying the last the final section of Q, qualifying 3 because they did not have a new set of softs to use That's right. And I think I like these added little narratives these added little tasty treats that we get to to see and it, it's more for the strategists to think of it's more it, there's a lot more going on and it gives it, it, it can show it can give you a glimpse of what tires are going to look like the following day in the race or in the sprint or you know later in the sprint and later on in the wheat race weekend um 
and it's just it's it's interesting to see something different. What did you think about that? I think um, now that I got all backtracked, <laughs> I saw the light uh, based based on uh, when is Formula One considered bad for adding more racing? Yeah, I was worried it got me. But the um, why don't they just take the qualifying to the sprint race? And, like, and like then use regular qualifying to line the grid for the sprint for the sprint and the race. I think that they're like, I think the sprint qualifying is kind of taking like it's, it's, it is a little bit of a free practice too. Like they get, it's just more running time for the, for the teams. Like I think yeah. there, there, there must be some sort of mandatory amount of, of, of time or like track time that the teams have have that's just my guess i don't know but i feel like the teams would be pretty reluctant to to give up free practice two or three and and not have any running time like they they want that data but i think i think liberty and and some of that the head guys are just trying to make the data the data collection more exciting so that they can sell more tickets so that you know it's a bigger business now you know, and I and I think the fans want something, um, and so I'm all, I'm here for it. The one thing that I'll say is that if if we're looking for a way to increase attention and increase action and give more opportunities for points, I've been saying this. I know I've said it before on the podcast, but I'm going to keep saying it until someone hears it and gets it picks up traction. Is why does not pole getting pole give you championship points? It's a statistic that is put on every driver's like playing card. If we had F one playing cards, but their little bios, it always it's something that somebody always talks about is how many poles a driver has. Um, but nobody, but yet nobody really talks about fastest laps during races in that way. Like, you're not like, oh, you know, Lewis Hamilton has 900, 900 fastest laps during a racing Grand Prix. So why do we give a, fa- a point, a championship point for fastest lap during the race, which is nowhere near how fast a pole lap is? Like, why isn't the achievement of creating the fastest car for that day, for that track, rewarded with a world championship point? And then that would also alleviate these late pit stops in the race to go for fastest lap or to take fastest lap away from somebody. I think getting pole should get you at least one, if not more, world championship points. That would make winning pole more prestigious. It would make the whole ceremony of getting pole like more valuable too. Uh, or maybe they just think that getting pole is enough of a of an advantage that you don't, you shouldn't get a point as well. But I've always thought that getting pole, like being the fastest driver, that should be something that gets celebrated with a point. But that's just me. What do you that's think? A, well, I think that's interesting. To, that's something you bring up. And, um, cause I, I see what you're saying and make a big deal about it every week. And over the course of a season and over the course of a career, he had so many poles. Yeah. 
but you don't you don't hear the same talk yeah. about fastest laps. No. But really, that is fastest lap. I mean, you know, yeah. There's usually at least three to four, sometimes up to six seconds of difference between a quali lap and a race lap. Mm-hmm. And so I just I I've really come to love qualifying because it is when you get to see the cars really what's capable of those cars and those drivers. And we got two chances to see it this this race weekend. So let's dive right in because we're we're already way longer than I thought we were gonna go already, but who cares? Baby. So qualifying. Any surprises? Anything stand out? I don't want to just go through it. Let's just talk about what stood out to us. Um, During uh let's the first talk, qualifying. Let's talk about qualifying qualifying. Okay. Well actually no, let's do let's no, yeah, I don't care. Let's talk about qualifying. What what surprised you? Uh, Russell being eliminated. You know, not getting through to key three. Yeah. What was going on there? I don't know. Just, They're talking about having a isn't Mercedes supposed to be coming with the most Well Hamilton looked quite changes. a bit more Hamilton looked quite a bit more um competitive. Um, yeah, but oh, let's definitely. I think that's I think you touched on a point without touch without realizing you touched on a point, but this was the first time Hamilton out qualified Russell this year. So I think that's that was something that needed to happen within to like maintain good team dynamics and, and I think Lewis needed that. Um, right. Uh, other surprises were how about the biggest elephant in the room, Leclerc out qualifying Max Verstappen. Um, one tenth of a second, but it's still one tenth of a second. And and I thought it was also really nice to see the the deficit between Checo and Max being very close. I mean, I know that. Perez Checo really loves the Azerbaijan circuit and it, it, it it's good for him like he, he feels very confident there but I I still expected to see a bigger deficit than what we saw and Max could not do anything to Checo during that middle sector there was I don't think there was one lap of qualifying where where uh well there was a there may have been a few but Checo really seemed to have that middle sector um, covered when in in terms to max, and then we saw that right. we saw that carry out um, in the sprint shootout as well. That Perez outqualified um, uh, Max. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't outqualify him during the actual qualifying, which is a bummer. But but um, did outqualify him in the sprint shootout, and Leclerc outqualified both of them two times running. I think this is the fourth qualifying session that he's bested the Red Bulls at Azerbaijan now. Um, so I thought, I think that's, that's a good sign um, for that, that Ferrari is making progress at least, or has a quick, I think they've always had a quick quali- qualifying car, but yeah. What do you have to say? What do you think? Do you, do you think it matters? I don't think that, Leclerc is on pole or what? Well, I, I think it's very interesting. You, I think basically everybody was expecting that it would be at least one Red Bull on pole. Well, I know I was expecting Max to be on pole. Yeah. And, um, so where Ferrari comes back with some good changes because, 
I mean, Carlos Sainz is not super fast, but he's up there in the top five. Yeah, he qualified P4. He yeah. was. So something, something happened in four weeks that has made Ferrari significantly more competitive, it would seem. My only thing is that we saw play out in the actual sprint race itself is that, especially given that two kilometers straight, that yeah. that as long as as long as one of those Red Bulls gets within a second, there's nothing that Leclerc can do to keep keep that Red Bull behind him. I really, I really don't. I and I think the only reason that we saw him hold off Max during the sprint was because of the damage that Verstappen picked up battling with George during the sprint. And that just created enough drag and enough, um, enough time loss that he, oh, yeah, that was, he couldn't that get. was, well, that side pod was, <laughs> there was a big gaff in there. Did I mean, I was surprised. I, I was very surprised to see how big that thing was. Yeah, given the jostling on the track there in lap one. What do you think of that racing incident? Russell deserves a penalty. What do you think? I don't. I just thought it was good racing. I agree, and uh, I think the stewards are with us as well. The thing that didn't surprise me <laughs> was was the ambulance attack that that continued throughout the entire sprint race and then Max going and confronting George on the po- or on the post race interviews right before the post race. Oh interviews. really? That was so bush. You didn't hear that? And, and George like oh, George yeah. remained super calm. He said sorry. George actually went to Max and apologized and said Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, part. and said sorry, I had low grip. It wasn't it wasn't it was an accident. I'm sorry. And Max said, we all had low grip. You have to leave more room. And George is like, sorry. And he starts to walk away. And Max goes, well, we'll know what I'll do next time. You can expect the same next time. And like George just left, just walked away. And I was just like, and then they, you know, of course they give him an opportunity to talk. And they say, what happened there? And, And all I wanted to do was dub over it just, it's just like get over it man you're on a street circuit and it's a sprint race and you're trying to go around the outside i mean it's and i loved i i'm so happy that the stewards didn't even investigate it like oh it was just i just like get over it man get over it you're in the fastest car by six tenths at least that we know of and you're going to complain about losing a couple of points like get over it just get over it okay well Uh, he didn't have to be because of that yes it's only a sprint race but that was 17 laps long but come on and you still got past him you still got past him yeah yeah but you just you know you just were impatient it's just like, and because uh, why didn't he back out? I mean, you he know, he's have. complaining that that George didn't. Well, why didn't he? I mean, yeah, 
he knew how he knew how aggressive he was being. Yeah. Oh. And I like that he hit the wall too on his on a unforced error as well. But notice how he didn't talk about that very much. <laughs> okay. Another big surprise, okay. but I don't know if it was really a surprise because I I I kind of knew this was coming, but uh the McLaren's looked a lot pacier, specifically in the hands of Lando Norris, uh qualifying P seven, which is which is a significant jump from P eighteen, P nineteen, P seventeen, which is where they've been qualifying. Uh much more indicative of where we expect to see that McLaren car, but it was good to see Norris back up fighting again um with the rest of the field. Uh and then it was a missed opportunity there with Piastri because Piastri did have uh, a, th- a set of softs that he could have used, and uh, he got relegated out of, of the sprint qualifying three session, um, which I think he could have gained a little bit. And I believe he ended up passing, Piastri ended up passing Norris during the sprint, right? I think you're correct yeah something yeah. Something, hap- something bad happened to norris because norris ended up finishing p17 and that's right that's right pin- finished 10th oh they had to yeah. hit him oh that's right that's what happened they put norris on softs a scrub set of softs to start the race to try and get something and those these are the three softest compounds the first time we've seen these new the ultra softs or whatever, the three softest tire compounds, and both Ocon and Norris used them. They were the only two cars, I believe, or maybe it was Hulkenberg. One of, but they they meet they just fell off a cliff. They wouldn't even make it seventeen laps, with some of those laps being under safety car and VSC. So we can safely guarantee you that there will be no soft tire running tomorrow in tomorrow's Grand Prix because it went, it took Norris uh, completely from 10th to 17th using those tires. Um, the other, the other thing we have to touch on is uh, the, the fall in pace from, for the Aston Martins. Um, did you pick up on that little story pops? Well, I don't know about a recent story, but that was a scuttlebutt at the beginning of the season, but, that uh, Aston Martin was really throwing their um, everything in up front and they weren't going to have much money or time. Well, they'll have the time, but they wouldn't have the money to, to work on other improvements. Well, but specifically this weekend, they were having malfunctions with the DRS wing on both yeah, cars. I remember now. And so they had intermittent DRS openings. And when you have the longest or second longest straight on the calendar um you that's that's i think they said for lance stroll there was a, there was a six tenth uh of a disadvantage when you didn't have the drs and at least two tenths of a second for alonzo per lap if they don't have that drs uh sorted so that that is a little bit of the reason why fernando sitting in p6 behind lewis hamilton and Stroll um, is down in P nine for qualifying, and the and P eight in the sprint shootout for Fernando Alonso, and let's see where did he? Oh, Lance Stroll got 
Yeah, P9, P8, and P9. Um, and then I think Alonzo made up some ground during the... Yeah, that was a that brilliant double pass um, Fernando had um, during the sprint race on the restart where he got ahead of Hamilton. Yeah. And in front of... Yeah. That was some brilliant move. All right. So the other scuttlebutt drama that we had to touch on is regarding Fernando Alonso. Did you hear about this? That he's been rumored to be dating Taylor Swift? <laughs> I heard that. I'm going, what? And I, all I have to say is, and this is no offense to Fernando Alonso because he's clearly much more handsome than I am, but if you're Taylor Swift... Mm-hmm. Are you really picking Fernando Alonso out of all of the F1 drivers? Like, I I could think of a couple Ferrari drivers that I would choose over him and uh, a, a seven-time world champion that I would choose over him. But <clears throat> moving on, I don't know. But I love that he's he's being asked and he's neither confirming nor denying because why would you? Because that's just elevating you to legend status anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I thought that was that was really funny, and all the all the pundits and uh, announcers and people throwing Taylor Swift song quotes and references when they're referring to him, I think has been, been pretty funny. Uh, really well, he's doing really well, and I hope he can just get around Max at the start. Something happens to Max at the start, puncture, slow delay, and he gets around, and then he passes Leclerc using DRS. Um, so that's my, my battle analysis. I'm going to say Checo P1. I mean, I know this isn't right, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to manifest it anyways. Checo P1, Leclerc P2, Verstappen P3, and then probably Hamilton. And my one other prediction is, um, I think that Albon will get into the points. I think Norris will get into the will stay in the points. Um and I would really like to see Sargent get into the points cuz he was looking really well as um two. But um yeah, Albon in the points, Perez on one, Leclerc on two, Max in third somehow. Those are my and 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 one at least one at least Albon in the points and Norris in the points, and maybe Alonso P four. That's the that's the best I can do. That's a lot. I know. You're correct. I'm going to go. Checo. For stopping, Leclerc. Okay. And I think the surprise finish of the day will Oscar Piastri gets in the points. Well, that's pretty good because he's starting in the points. So as long as he can, as long as he can maintain <laughs> that, but he does have Russell behind him. So that, that could be, that's not the easiest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, you can uh, tune back in later this week when we have our race, re- our normal race recap episode of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix and see who of us was right, if either of us was right. 
Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow along. Uh, more episodes to come. Thanks, Dad. We'll see you later. Yeah, great. See you all later. Bye.